a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. While millions of Ukrainian refugees are seeking asylum in other European countries, thousands have shown up at the U.S. Mexico border seeking asylum in the United States. Do they have a chance of getting in? And how does that impact uh, what is already going on at the Mexico-U.S. border? To help us break all of that down, Alex Stone joins us. He's ABC News correspondent, and he is at the U.S.-Mexico border today. Alex, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So as you uh, look at how this is playing out, uh, uh, most Americans are not thinking, uh, okay, the Ukrainians are going to show up at the U.S.-Mexico border, but tell tell us what you're seeing on the ground down there. Yeah, so the, the numbers here are definitely going up. Last week on Wednesday, it was about 200, then on Thursday, about uh, 600. Today, there are about 1,500 Ukrainians uh, who are here, and it's going up by the hour that that what they are doing is they want to get into the U.S. and and they want to claim asylum, but uh, you got to get a visa uh, or an asylum application going to get into the U.S. You don't need one to get into Mexico, so they are flying into Mexico City, mm-hmm. then Mexico City to Tijuana to essentially get to the front door of the U.S. and to say, let us in, that, that uh, we are fleeing war and, and claiming asylum, mainly young families, the, a lot of folks are educated. Uh, they are engineers and IT professionals that they lived in, in Ukraine or do currently live in Ukraine and, and fled the war with their, their families. A lot of English uh, that is spoken in the, the crowd here and that they want to make their asylum claim. And they had the means to get here, to, to fly here and to protect their children or their grandparents or whoever is with them. They want to make that claim of asylum by knocking on the door of America and saying we are here. Under Title 42, uh, there was an exception made for Ukrainians because uh, they are fleeing traditional war. So even though it's still in place, they are allowed in. But I got to tell you, they wait on the uh, Mexico side, it's not pretty. I mean, they're they're living in a bus stop. There are rats running around, but volunteers are doing incredible work coming from the U.S., a lot of churches, a lot of other groups in the U.S. and Mexico donating food. Lunch was Costco pizza that was brought in from the, the Tijuana Costco. There are toys that have brought in for the been brought in for the kids. They've got an incredible list that they are running, handwritten on a yellow pad of paper. When somebody arrives, their name goes on that list. Then they go down the list, and when there is a spot to go in and claim asylum they get on a bullhorn and they they call out that name so a lot of organization going on but the the crowd is getting bigger and they say this is where they need to be wow that is just uh fascinating and it's uh you know thank heavens there are groups and organizations uh, faith groups and uh, and other nonprofits that are 
uh, down helping with with all of that effort. You mentioned the uh, the Title Forty Two. I think that's a another thing that people have been looking at. Uh, not so much as it relates to your Ukrainians, uh, as you mentioned, they uh, have an exemption to that. Uh, but describe for us, Alex, if you can, uh, kind of how the the merging of all of this, the traditional uh, crossing of the border there, and uh, those trying to seek to get into the United States. Uh, how is that mixing with these? Uh, 1,500-plus Ukrainians now there, uh, along with others uh, from South American countries who are tr- also trying to get in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I noticed last night the, the dichotomy of the Spanish-language music blaring out of the buildings here and then all of the uh, Ukrainian and Russian being spoken uh, down the, uh, yeah, the the music coming from the, the floor above and then down on the ground level yeah, you hear all of the, the Ukrainian. And then you you mix in all of the Russians. There are Russians who are showing up as well, mm. fleeing, saying that, that they don't want to be persecuted because they oppose the war, but they are not exempt under Title 42. So they're kind of waiting. Um, it, there's not a ton, at least here, of Central Americans showing up because of Title 42 and that there there has not been a lot of asylum seeking going on. Now, when Title 42 goes away in, in about a month and a half, if this is still going on, it could get really interesting here of everybody showing up. The, the uh, Department of Homeland Security expects a large rush of Central Americans and South Americans coming here to then make their asylum claims that they've been waiting to do. So then it could get very busy. But right now, you've got those who are legally crossing over and Every day there are Americans and Mexicans who go back and forth legally for work, for shopping, everything else. They line up last night, about a five-hour wait to walk over the border to get into the U.S. So that line snaked around. And then the Ukrainians who are camped out and they're under tents and they, they're being served dinner and uh, everything else. And at times it was misting on them last night. Today it is very sunny and Many have sunburns from the, the last number of days that they've been here, but but they're waiting, and they say they're going to keep waiting until their names are called, and mm-hmm. they think they wait typically about two to four days, and then and then they're able to get in. Wow. And then tell us just uh, real quickly, Alex, uh, kind of the process from there. What is it that these Ukrainians coming into the United States by way of Mexico, uh, what is the future look like for them once they are inside, once they get that application for asylum filed? Yeah, assuming that, that then they are released with the proceedings pending, that, that they're told that uh, that they'll uh, they'll have immigration courts and everything else that they have to deal with, but then uh, released, they walk out into San Diego, and there are Americans who are waiting and church groups on the U.S. side saying, "What do you need?" Now, most of these folks have families or friends who are in the U.S. who they plan to go live with, and they need to get to the airport again. They have the means. Once you're on the U.S. side, they go on Southwest.com or United.com and they book a flight to wherever they're going. One woman was going to New York. One guy was going to Tampa. Yeah, So they have places that they want to go. They don't book the flight until they're through customs because they don't know when that's going to be. And so a lot of them are saying, hey, I need a flight to the San Diego airport or I have a flight tomorrow. I need a place to stay tonight. Uh, and they're being handled away. So these are refugees in a different sense than this normal this normally sees where quite often they arrive with no money no means to to do a lot 
uh, these uh, Ukrainians who are arriving, for the most part, uh, they know where they want to go, and they have the ability on their own to do that. They just have to get beyond the wall to, to be able to do that. Uh, great insight, as always. Alex Stone, ABC News correspondent. Uh, he is at the U.S.-Mexico border. Fascinating insight. Alex, uh, thanks for uh, giving us the update from down there. You got it. Thanks so much. All right, that's Alex Stone from ABC News. And uh, just imagine that. Uh, so you, you've you got uh, Spanish music playing and Russian and Ukrainian being spoken. Uh, but interesting, those numbers continuing to go up. 1,500 Ukrainians uh, there today uh, at the border. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor all of that. And uh, we're just noticing they have just taken the vote uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, hearing on Judge Jackson. Uh, it was a tie, 11 to 11. So Senator Durbin, as the chairman, has said he will notify the full Senate of that outcome. And then there'll be a few procedural rules should it, uh, systems that will go through. Uh, and ultimately, that will end up on the floor of the United States Senate uh, to go ahead and uh, have that debate. And the floor vote, I would expect to happen uh, sometime on Thursday, late in the day, or it could even splash over into Friday morning. But that's when uh, Justice uh, Jackson will be confirmed uh, to the Supreme Court of the United States. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.